Hello and welcome to Divided by Brand, the weekly podcast show for entrepreneurs, business owners and influencers. If you want to learn more about branding, hear from industry experts and first-hand accounts about ways that you might find yourself divided by your own business's brand, then this is the show for you. Join me, your host, Dan O'Cook, a brand identity specialist with over 20 years design experience and founder of Vi Design Co. I'm going to talk everything brand, but more specifically, I want to go behind the scenes of real life brand challenges that businesses and individuals have faced that has left them divided in their mind or divided by the people around them. I want you to learn with me exactly what real life brand divides people have faced and by overcoming them, did they help to create success? It's the show that's going to have a host of different branding stories. I'm going to be speaking with people on personal branding, corporate branding. I want to speak with artists and designers, even streamers. I want to put these guests in front of you and get them to open up about their own brand divides. And I think you'll agree, that's quite enough jazzy intro. Can we just start the show, please? Hello and welcome to this episode of Divided by Brand. My name's Dan O'Cock and here's what's coming up on today's show. I've got a fantastic guest in my Divided by Brand spotlight today. Her name is Suzanne, Suzanne Carpenter. And Suzanne lives over in the US and her official titles are actually teacher, mentor and consultant. She's also a mum of four who's launched her own brand, her business around that brand. And the reason I wanted to get her on is this has come off the back of some incredibly powerful and defining moments in her life. And as listeners to the show, you'll know that being uh, having these defining moments, these moments that do divide you from your brand or create the brand are what this show is all about. She's had a successful 10 year career within nutrition nutrition and food and as we'll hear that's very much at the core of what Suzanne does. Suzanne saw a gap in the industry a number of years ago and a trend in society over in America. The fact that she found that a lot of Americans were confused and overwhelmed when it came to actually losing weight and here's the key part losing the weight and keeping it off. So Suzanne went on to create a virtual nutrition education company and their mission is to provide affordable and simple programs that clear up that food confusion so people can win at losing weight. Suzanne is a certified nutritional consultant She's the CEO and founder of Carpenter 180, which we're going to hear all about on this episode. She's the creator of products such as SOS, Sue's on Your Shoulder, Babysit My Plate, and the Food Peace University, three different virtual 
bite-sized nutrition courses. So let's get chatting to Suzanne, find out more about her journey. I'm also going to be asking her who she's chosen as her boldest brand of this episode. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. It's, it's awesome to have you on. How are you doing? doing great. Thank you so much for having me here with you today. I am really excited about our conversation. You're welcome. You're welcome. So we've introduced you. Um, you're over in the US. Um, what I like to do when first things with, with the guests is just for them to um, give me a little recap of how the last few weeks have been, you know, a couple of wins. We've kind of, before we started recording, we, we were chatting briefly about the kind of week or the kind of day we ha- we've had, but tell me what you've been up to. Tell the listeners. Sure. So lately I have been enjoying my time working with some of the new clients that I've been onboarding and we've done a free group you know, just jump in here and we're going to track fiber. We're going to learn how to journal and why. And we're coming out of the COVID time. So a lot of people are really ready to start getting control back in their life. So in starting a group like this, I can begin to build know, like, and trust with my future clients and existing clients. But this is all based off of education. So we're doing weekly master classes and the teacher in me gets lit up like a Christmas tree when my students start responding with their aha moments, that they're learning, that they're feeling inspired. And then they start sharing the results, two pounds here, two inches there, five pounds, more energy. So it has been the right now feels like the reward time for all the work I put in to get that first free group launched to beta test it to see if it would work. Wow, I bet that I bet that is a good feeling. And you know, as a business owner, whenever you can, whenever you can produce this new uh, product or service, and we can put it out there to get the the interaction and the response from your marketplace, it's just like that pat on the back moment. It's like I've done it. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And then when you're living a passion project like mine, which is to clear up food confusion so that people can get the weight off, keep it off, stop suffering and struggling and start enjoying life. When they start to settle into that, even just with those first baby steps, it's everything to me. It's what absolutely gives me the energy to show up and do it again the next day. So I think that's a huge win, definitely, over the last few weeks. Have you had any smaller wins? Have you been kind of, is there anything task-wise that's been, you know, niggling in the background and you've just managed to clear it out of the way? Is there any stuff that's been on the boil and you've got rid of, so to speak? Well, I would say yes. And there are lots of little tasks, like setting up a more consistent posting in YouTube with just recording and having the videos there for a future vault or Mm -hmm. little tasks on the way to a big task. For instance, I have a course recorded and ready to go, but I need to get it uploaded into a membership site. And there's, there's like a hundred different tasks that go along with that. So completing like the ads that I add copy, I should say, toward that is huge. It's a big check off the list. And so that's, I'm in a place where I have lots of little small accomplishments that are lining up toward releasing the next big goal. Awesome. I think as well, when you're in business, um, there's a lot of tasks that are big and 
it's not a sense of fear, but you you often, or I do anyway, I procrastinate around the big stuff because I'll leave that for tomorrow or yeah, I'll come back to that one and it gets forgotten. But by breaking it down into smaller stuff and chipping away at it, you know, um, what can I do today to make the biggest difference? What can I do this morning to make the biggest difference? Just helps you to, to eat away at those big tasks, right? That's true because I've had a lot of mentors and business leaders that have helped me define, okay, right now, Suzanne, you're going to focus on your program SOS, which is Sue's on your shoulder. And you are going to put all your effort into getting to your first big goal with that, which is 10,000 subscribers. So to back that down, I want 2000 by the year end. And then Okay, so I've got that as my end goal of where I'm headed. So then everything lines up with, well, what do I do today that is moving me toward that? And Mm. to your point, every night before I go to bed, I write down what I need to do the next day, the top three things that I need to do the next day that are moving me forward toward that 10,000 number. And it makes the next day when I turn to my journal to see where I'm starting, there's like a sense of a roadmap, like, oh, that's right. I'm going to start working on this. And then I tell myself things like, you're not afraid to work hard. So it's okay. Just get in and put in a good day's work. And then the other thing is it feels really good to feel like I checked a box that I got Mm -hmm. something accomplished, even though to your point, it's not that big task because it just feels too big to to settle into all at once. But if you can look at it, like you said, it's little things leading up to that big thing you can get there consistent effort over time compounds is how i think of things and you can do a lot with a lot of little small actions consistently and i love a good list and i love a good set of tick boxes as well i I think we said we were pretty similar but i'm looking right here at my um my kind of structure for the show and, and and I'm not kidding you there's just tick boxes next to little questions to make sure that when I've asked them I know I've done it I love a good tick box yes I do too I do too listen let's talk I want to um I think you've done you know to recap where we're at over the last few weeks is great I love that you've now sort of hinted at the the business side of things and I want to move on to that um I want to give listeners a chance for for you to explain some of the story behind your business and tell the listeners what your business is and how it came about really more than anything the story behind your business don't you just love to hear that the story behind how the business came to be that is a question i'll ask just about everybody so mine starts with i had a secret my whole life that i daniel i never planned to tell anybody like i didn't plan to tell husband the secret it was something that i was so ashamed of that i had decided was so unlovable and likable that i was just doing my best to stuff it down and to hide it and so i started out my career teaching first grade and i did that until number two was born and that's when i came home to raise the kids then in 2009 we hit a curveball you know life is going to throw them to you and it's not if it's just when Mm -hmm. and that was when in the united states the big three auto industry for GM and Chrysler basically were facing bankruptcy. So it it was really changing the economy. My husband had been with a company 14 years and he was a vice president. He was forecasting and realized they were going to be too top heavy 
um, in upper management because of the way the auto industry was shifting. Okay. It led to us moving it across the country and it brought a 40% pay cut. And that's like a tipping point um, and a, a deciding moment for us because I was thinking, I really like being a stay at home mom, but I don't want to have this pay cut and have to budget shoes and grapes. And this is going to change hot dates and trips and affect our life so much. My husband was thinking we cut out savings for wedding and college. I say all that because I bumped into a direct sales company and that's where I got my entrepreneur chops and I was good at it. Uh, I loved earning income and being able to stay home. But what I noticed, it was nutritional products. People were looking for magic diet pills. And we were living in Jackson, Mississippi, and you can't get healthy eating barbecue and yeast rolls taking magic diet pills. And by the way, they don't exist or I know about them. Okay. So I started like pro bono work, helping people figure out what to do in the kitchen. Cause I understood as an entrepreneur, if I got them results and got them eating right, these products were gonna work better. They were gonna keep shopping. Like I saw the business behind that, but what I didn't know, and this is where I became into this field on accident. I didn't know how much I was going to love that side of teaching and seeing the light bulbs go off. And it became a sweet spot in like my genius. So while I'm learning nutrition and I'm in this space, somebody says this one question that changed everything said, Suze, you say you would die for your kids, but would you change for them? And that one kept me up at night because that secret I talked about, I had an eating disorder and I had it since high school. It was something that I couldn't see a way out of, even though I wanted to. And when that question was asked, I realized, Daniel, if I don't get help for myself, my girls are gonna have the same mean voice talking to themselves just like I did and they'd have this fractured relationship with food like I had starving and then binging and then exercising to outrun your fork abusing laxatives I could never throw up but I could see where it would lead to that for them mm -hmm. so out of my love for them and me wanting to just be authentic and be a role model that's where I found that just just enough brave to step out and get help. And that there was, there's a whole other podcast in that part of just reaching out for the help. So what started out as something just for me, I realized these key principles that were hidden in plain sight that I was looking for and couldn't find. It felt like when you have sunglasses on top of your head and you can't find them anywhere, but they're right there. That's what this nutrition information felt like to me. So then, I started, when I was working with people one-on-one, -on -one, I started seeing how I need to bring this message out into the marketplace because over here in America, 70% of America was overweight going into COVID. That means two out of three is overweight, one out of three is obese. And I recognized that if I could build out this platform and I can teach the fundamentals that we were not taught in high school, I might really be able to play a part in helping people suffer far less long than I did because people want answers. They want the truth. They don't want a bad. They want to create a lifestyle, but it's just such a crowded, overwhelming space with so many people that are just giving off ideas and opinions that aren't based in science. We're confused about who we listen to and who we turn to. So that is the crux of how Carpenter 180 was born. I also just wanted to say as well that there's a lot of in that sector, there's there's fraudsters out there and there's a lot of 
well confusing messages but it's a very there's some like dark messages around like you know these one hit pills that you said that they don't exist but people say they do you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there are people who are sick killed off that type of advertising that's false and it's just such a horrible there's a lot of horrible stuff out there right yes yes and it's expensive and the diet industry is only growing and it doesn't work but people are realizing they've got to get this weight off because it leads to so many incredibly bad health problems like high blood pressure heart disease diabetes inflammation they realize they've got to get the weight off but don't know how and Mm -hmm. they want it to be easy but frankly it's tough we've got some work ahead absolutely so up to this point we've you've just discovered or you now have this this real life experience but you've got a genuine passion now Mm -hmm. to help others and this i think we we discussed it a little bit on our intro call was um when you have a passion to help you very quickly find yourself able to um, engage and you never feel like you're selling anything to somebody that you are helping that's exactly right like with for instance with sos it's called sue's on your shoulder and just to give you a framework of what it is it's a three to four minute soundbite that comes right to somebody's text every single day it's a subscription it's only 15 dollars a month because i wanted to keep it inexpensive so that everybody could get their hands on it but i also wanted to keep it easy to access that's why it's sent to a text and i wanted it to be short three to four minutes to help to carve away with that overwhelm feeling that people can get they get inundated with too much information and once i developed sos and i had it available for people i can't keep quiet about it because it is all written and delivered in a way to solve their problem like i know that you're suffering you don't want to get dressed in the morning you feel like the underdog you feel insecure you're confused about what to go to get at the grocery store you're tired of feeling stressed with the emotional and physical weight of this burden i know that it's a burden for you this is going to help you i can't keep it in because i i made it so much as a solution tool for people and i think the best thing about sos and i am going to put links in the show notes for anyone that's listening and wants to or resonated with anything that suzanne's mentioned here um to the best thing about SAS, sos is that product was created off the back of your understanding of your marketplace and you took the time to know that they wanted that quick well Sue's on your shoulder you want the person somebody there to guide and be that don't eat that do this you know yeah you knew it you knew that that was what they needed so and that's what I talk about in some of my very early stages of developing a brand um, is, is to research and find out about your avatar and discuss with them to find out their needs. You know, having conversations will make your your product, your offer, you know, just resonate and be saleable, right? That's right. They will tell you what they want if you ask them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's first off, though, you have to figure out 
who your ideal customer is or who your avatar is before you start asking just anybody for their opinion. Because knowing whose problem you're going to solve is key in all your marketing messaging and developing the right product. And when you do that and you speak to the right person, they can't help but onboard and do business with you. And then all the satellite watchers who aren't quite the ideal customer, but are close, they come on in too. Absolutely. And then it's just a free for all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Coming off the back of when you've you've obviously done the research and you know that that's the, the product that's going to work, then becomes or then the next stage of deciding um, how this this product sits within a brand and what identity is put out there to 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 resonate with with the audience. How how did you tackle? I was quite keen to chat to you about this. How did you tackle your brand identity? Did you? Did you know where you wanted to start with it? Um, is it is it something that you, you you knew what you wanted it to look like, or did you have to sit down with a designer and kind of open your heart and then let them run run with it? How did you tackle that? That is a great question. So I knew my lane, and I know what I'm good at, and that is talking, teaching, writing. Uh, I'm a visionary, and I knew the arms of the company or the three main products that I was going to offer and SOS being one of them. What I didn't know was technology or the exact look, but I did know the feel. So I did start out working with um, somebody that was going to design the look of Carpenter 180. And I said, all right, at home, I tend to like tone on tone. And if you look at my website, it's not tone on tone at all. And I, I said, you've got a great website, by the way, I'm going to put a link to that, but it is a good website. Thank you. And now the same designer did design the look of the website. And then I had a website designer come in and actually build the structure for me. Okay. But I, I basically said, you understand my heartbeat. This is why I'm building the company. This is what it's going to do. I want somebody to feel like I like her. I want to work with her. She's somebody I know I can trust. Look, she's so warm and she's going to help get me there. That's the person I want to work with. Somebody that's going to make me feel better in this journey and encouraged because this is a big journey, you know, and you don't need somebody shaming you and making you feel bad somebody saying, come on, I've got you, let's keep going. So I said, we're going to need this thing to look friendly and inviting. So she's the one that came up with the logo. Now, if you look at the logo, Daniel, it's got a half arc and arrows and I'm pointing, the arrows are pointing in a new direction. So 180, Carpenter 180, 180 is a direction. It's a 180 degree turn. One intentional decision every single day for how you're eating and showing up for 80 days in a row. It takes about 66 days to make a habit. So she used the play on the 180 for the arrows for turning your health around and then um, she was able to pull in these different colors which we in turn use as the primary color for each of the different programs that we have absolutely and it's a good I can see the thinking I understand it it's a clever um, train of thought and and a clever play on the words the other thing that I wanted to ask was around the color template the color palette that that they've chosen for me it's very feminine yes 
Is that deliberate? Are all of your clients women? Or do you have men that work with you at all? Well, I do have men that work with me. And that's the funny part. Like, I would say I am a girly girl and I am close with my girlfriends. So the color scheme, my avatar's name is Jessica, not Mark. So I was trying to make it attractive to Jessica. So what ended up happening, though, is I get a lot of men who are like, but I have weight things as well. Is this just a women's only? And it's absolutely not. But you're right. It's an incredibly feminine looking website. I will also say, though, market says women are the shoppers, women are the ones that are attracted, and then the men come along usually through the woman. So a lot of times it's the husband or it's the woman showed him and he found it through her. So I still am attracting a wide group through really marketing to the female. Now, the other thing that I've done is I, you know, like the movie, The Wizard of Oz, how there's Kansas and black and white, and then there is everything in bright and colorful. So what my virtual assistant and I have done is we've designed that one side of the marketing copy is all Kansas and black and white, or technically navy white and gold, which are still colors in my brand. And so if nobody has put money If it's all, if it's like the marketing side or it's just the blog or it's any email communication I have, we send it through the Kansas look. But then once somebody has said yes to Carpenter 180 in some way, they get the Wizard of Oz. All of a sudden it's like the color comes in, like, welcome, you're in the land of Oz where we're going to make these changes. That's quite an interesting take. I do quite like that approach to engage with one color palette so as not to... um, discriminate to an audience and then open it up i guess the only the flip side of doing that would be to have two separate ways of or two separate visual approaches one for a male audience and one for a female audience but then you end up with with two lots of work because you've got the marketing for the men the marketing for the women so yeah it makes sense What's interesting, and this is way off subject, but you know how the entrepreneur is the big vision dreamer? I don't necessarily see Carpenter 180 staying only in weight loss. I see it becoming a husband and wife podcast one day, and I see it becoming an arm of consulting that my husband can do within raising up great men. Like our tagline as a couple is we're raising great adults. And so we have a lot of other projects that we've had to push off for a few years just to get this one started. That part of me wonders if the look of the main page of Carpenter 180 won't change into something more neutral in the future and if the part that you know of right now stays colorful like it is i i'm really curious to see how it goes but it definitely has room for growth yeah i'm pleased you said that because one of my next question was going to be um with where you've got the business to what are the long-term plan and it seems like maybe you haven't got a specific plan but you're open to opportunity within the brand would that be yes. fair 
Yes. No, I, I, I don't have a hardcore business plan for year six and seven away from us right now, like six, six or seven years into the future from right now. I'm more working on just the two year. So where I have SOS going and then I have the other programs called Babysit My Plate. That's one-on-one work. That's the person that wants to have individual sessions. The middle part that I'm going to be putting most of my effort into for the next 18 months is called the Food Peace University. And that's going to be where all the virtual courses reside. And within that, I have a list of at least 12 different, say, month-long virtual courses in my mind that I'm working to produce. I have one ready to go and I'm going to open the cart for that shortly, but I see that big next step being having 12 courses ready to go and a membership site. Outside of that, I start to get into the weeds because it's just too far away. Yeah. Well, you've done better than me to start with. I don't think I've quite even got to two years yet. Um, it, might, what, it might come to you tomorrow morning. You never know. <laughs> it could do. It may well do. So oh, something I'm quite keen to find out about guests with their business and their brand is you mentioned your husband and how big a part does he play in supporting you um, on your business journey and your, your brand journey? Has he left you to it? Does he guide you? Does he, you know, does he, what does he do with it all? Oh, he's incredible. So Dave is very good on the details and the technology side. So where I would be the CEO, one day when he leaves corporate America, he would be more the COO. So right now, when it comes to deciding, say, on the next plugin that we're going to use or anything that's really has to do with, say, QuickBooks or the financials, that's where he gets involved. Like the really nitty gritty techie stuff that I just, we we say that it doesn't take my personality, so I don't need to be doing that part. We have me focused on the things that, since I'm kind of the brand, that I need to have my voice or video on. Yeah, and I could get, I, I get that. He'll make, but, he'll kind of it's not sit in the shadows, but he's the, the, the brains behind some of the the processes or yes. making things work as efficiently um, as they need to. He's not going to be key. the. F- He's not going to be the face of things. That's that's down to your department, right? That's right. He's not going to be the face of things. But what he does, you're right, is absolutely key because there's one thing to come up with the content, but delivering it virtually is a whole nother thing. And that's that's honestly the hardest part for me or the most intimidating thing is just how does this thing go from my vision and paper to the world? Like that transfer is what's so difficult for me and my husband is so good about saying, yeah, but that's actually the easy part. It's just not your strength. And to answer your question a little more specifically, I'm very blessed in that he's really good at just being a consistent encourager. Like I'm the one that will want 40 purchase orders in a half a day. And he's the one to remind me, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And you're showing up and you're being steady and consistent and you're doing things the right way. And you're building something that's got a long game attached to it. And so 
his years of being a sales vice president in many ways have been able to benefit me in that he'll help me strategize next logical steps that line up with my goals. Like, is this the best next investment of my time or is this the next best investment of my time? So he is highly valuable, although leaving it mostly to me to run. I think that's fantastic um, because not all the time, but there's a lot of people out there who have a passion and desire to, to set up a business. And quite often they're surrounded by naysayers and they're, they may be, they're often family members. And that's because the family members have never embarked on their own journey or always played it safe and stuck to a nine to five where, you know, you're getting that, that money coming in so they're like oh are you sure you want to set you know do this do you is it is it really worth it you know those kind of comments mm-hmm. so to have somebody as your your wingman um who who's with you that's that's a superpower oh it is oh it is i feel for the people that you just described that don't have that as a spouse Ooh. or their close confidant that can just continue to fan the flames and encourage ridiculously because i think it's so normal that one of the reasons somebody doesn't embark in the entrepreneur journey is fear is too big and you can't ever be just a little bit more brave then you are scared enough to go do it. And there are times where I've realized in this journey of giving birth to this virtual company that fear was, or anxiety or anxiousness were new emotions that I wasn't used to dealing with. But I I think that when you grow something out of nothing, you've in many ways used your heart and soul to get it started. And there's a vulnerability piece in is this thing going to work? Are people going to like this? And mm-hmm. you need encouragers to say, yes, you're still on track and trusted truth tellers to say, no, that marketing message isn't actually so good. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to tweak this. Absolutely. Um, something I wanted to question, ask you a question about for the listeners is as a, as a lady, as a woman having kids mm-hmm. of four, is yes. that right? Four you have, how, how did that all fit into the story? Because I don't know how old they are. I can't remember now, but tell me how you how do you go about that balance? Um, okay. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a family man and I'm quite heavily involved with, with my children, but I, I, I've not been a stay at home mom. I've never, I do a lot, but setting up a business at the minute with a two year old and an eight year old like I have is, is pretty hard, but I want to hear it from your side. Okay. Yeah, this is a great question. I love this. So back when I started Direct Sales, my twins who are 13 right now were two. And Daniel, I can remember going into my husband's closet to do business calls and putting my foot on the door to keep those two monkeys out. <laughs> well, and let's just all- pause because you said twins, right? I, I did. Let's, yes. Everyone let that sink in. Twins. <laughs> <laughs> and they have, a. Um, so right now my kids are 20, 18 and the twins are 13. So back when I started this, they were two, seven, and nine. So the two-year-olds would, they had those little fingers underneath the door, you know, like Mm -hmm. mama, come on back out. And I'd see them (laughs) under the door and here I'm trying to focus and call. So this is hard. I would, couple things. Um, When they were that little, I would wear a pink hat when I was working and I needed them to know that I needed to have them be a little bit quieter because I was talking or I was on a conversation. And that was a really good indicator to them 
to understand that this was this was a time to do something for mama and they wanted that hat off the minute i got off the phone though i mean they were like take the hat off so <laughs> i don't actually think there is balance to tell you the truth i don't think there's work-life balance i wish there was a but juggling feels, act that's how i describe it it is and it Dave, again, my husband, it comes up with some of the best analogies, but he said years ago, you know, it's like the bank. It's a bunch of withdrawals and deposits. And he said, you know, for so many years of being a stay at home mom and even working and just, you know, building a little direct sales business those years, I was able to make a lot of deposits. And then he said, you know, this time that you spent in the last year or so getting the website done so that you could do the SOS part. See, the thing that I'd always done is the one-on-one work and it was more like a hobby and it didn't involve a website. Once I came out to the technology and the SOS, that's when everything really shifted my workload. And my husband blessed me and he said, you know, it's like now is your time to withdraw a little bit, not withdraw from the children, but withdraw from the bank account of all the deposits you made for so long. Mm -hmm. So that helped to frame not feeling badly about why I'm working, because I know the end game is financial freedom and a business that's automated that doesn't require me to work 80 and 90 hours a week, rather closer to 30 and 40. But It's been easier as the children have been older. It was harder when they were younger, but I I just don't think there is work-life balance. It is just going to be there times where You know, like you think about the wagon wheel of life and a wheel and there's all these spokes and they're supposed to all be the same length because you're giving everything the same attention. Well, I don't know how you can give a lot of attention to say growing a business without a couple of the other spokes suffering a little bit. And then it's like you realize, whoop, I haven't been going to the grocery store or working out or, you know, going to church or whatever. I have to focus on these other things and, and get those spokes longer again. And then it's, it's kind of like, you know, you take your eye off the business to focus on the kids and then the business suffers. So then you turn your head to put your eye back on the business and maybe take your eye off the kids. And the next thing that they're coloring the couch with a Sharpie marker, like it's just how it is. I, 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 um, the way at the minute that I deal with it is I compare it a little bit to, um, heavy shift work. And I don't know if you've ever worked a shift type job, but I've worked in roles where I've had to work late at night for example, but then I get the next day off and it's a midweek day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's when that, you know, the business, the position that I'm in with my business allows me to, or sometimes requires me to hit deadlines. So I might need to work really late, but then if there's nothing, nothing in the next door, if I've planned stuff correctly and it's a Wednesday, then we can go down the beach, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that is a privilege that I definitely class a privilege for, for running your own business. And, you know, we're talking about that balance thing. It's not a balance thing. It's I class it as a, as a privilege that I'm able to do that, right? That's right. That's right. So mm-hmm. it's it's hard. And um, but I don't have four, and you've got four, so I'll take, I, I, I'll I'll um, dip my hat, my virtual Zoom chat hat, to you to say well done, and to um, well, I guess here's a, here's a chance for you to say to anybody who's listening, um, male, female, who's busy bringing up kids and running a business, what what's the little bit of advice that you would say to them? 
Oh, on just how to do it? Yeah, I think just if you looked... I'll tell you what, let's rephrase it. So if you look back at yourself, maybe... I'm trying to think of the timeline. If you go back 10 years, that's a ballpark. But 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? Oh, I love that. Okay, I got it. I would tell you get started right now, right in the middle of the day with whatever it is that's stirring on your heart. If it is your health or your weight, or it is that business or that next big project, whatever it is, you who are listening to this right now, you know what that thing is, but start right now, like right now, no matter what's happened for the last two hours before right now, just make a line in the sand and decide to do something that's going to move this thing forward. And you can do it bad perfect, you can fail forward, just show up. You don't wanna stop, you just wanna begin to gain momentum. The thing is, there's a space here for you, for whatever this thing is that you want to do, accomplish, achieve. And it's in you, you're thinking of it, it's time for you to push it out into the world because I suffered imposter syndrome. Daniel, I'm sure you suffered imposter syndrome. Anybody who has a business or has achieved something that you want had to push past fear, uncertainty, all the unknowns in order to get whatever it is they have that you desire to get it there. They had to walk through all these same emotions. They took more no's, they got back up, they dusted off their knees, but they just kept showing up in the journey. And so if you can find somebody who's a couple steps ahead of you in whatever it is that you want to accomplish, you know, in my world, it's finding somebody like me who knows something about nutrition, who can encourage you along and stand in the gaps and get you the information you need. If it's business, it's somebody who's going to help you with how to have a real business, not play business. And they're going to want to see you win. The thing is, you have to start. You have to start. It can't just stay an idea in your head any longer because the world is full of good ideas that never came to fruition. It's really time to just get going. Don't wait. I love that answer. And I'll back that up 100%. -hmm. Um, If we focus, my last question is... um, around this moment that you've just been describing because I ask every guest what their biggest brand dividing moment is and to reword that again it's like when did everything change for you so when you go back to those 10 years and you just said that you know just make a start just get stuck in was there one particular moment was it a I don't know. That that's the question that I want to find out is is at what point did you get sick and tired of not doing it and then just do it? Well, I mean, I think that it was a lot of little things that were leading up to the decision. So they, I've heard it said that you can make a decision in a snap. And I do agree that's true, but I think there are a lot of little hints along the way that got you ready to make that decision in a snap. So for me, it was realizing I liked working from home and being an entrepreneur. And then it was the question about, you say you die for your kids, but would you change for them? That getting the help for me um, did something in my mind that made me want to serve others. And there was this one moment 
when I realized there's a space for me, that I have a voice, that I have permission to use it, even though somebody has a bigger brand, a bigger company, more content, more followers, more clients, I realized they had to start like I did at zero at one point. And it Mm -hmm. is okay for me to play this game too, just like they are. I am not disqualified by my age or any of my journey. I think the fact that I had a loopy journey with food, I think I thought for a while that that disqualified me, which really all that did was qualify me. It got me so that I had a message to share and value to add to the world. But then, like anything, you have to go through enough pain to be willing to do something different. So one, I was suffering with my eating disorder. So I was in enough pain. I was willing to change. The second thing is the comp plan changed for me in the company that I was working with. And instead of just having a hobby of working with people one-on-one, I realized I was at a fork in the road and I was in a unique time that I could take advantage and build this company that I had been talking about and dreaming about for years. So that message of start today is real. I wish I would have started the, um, all the technology side of this company five years ago, but everything has a way of working out perfectly because maybe I would have missed the designer. Maybe (laughs) I would have not known some of the lessons that I've learned in the last even five years that make me that much more valuable to the people that I'm able to serve. I love it. And I think that um, when that moment has happened or when, you, you know, when you've, you realize that you've started and took action, that there's something nearly physical changes within you and that, well, things just start to change. The whole outlook that you have on life, on business, um, it has for me at the moment is just like what have I been doing (laughs) you know like you just said you know you you felt like you wish you'd done it earlier and and that resonates with with myself um I I think people I mean as much as you can turn around to listeners uh, we can say to listeners just do it just do it it's still there's still the right time almost and the wrong time. Would you agree? Oh, I would. I I definitely would. There's a timing piece involved, but I think like you had just said, we wish we would have done it sooner. We wish we would have just started back when we had the idea, but we would Mm -hmm. have missed out. Like, like we just said on these valuable lessons that we had picked up in between that time of thinking it and actually doing it. But I hear so many leaders, people who are advanced in personal development and business, their message is always to start. It is never, nope, there's too many people already doing this. I don't think you should, you should Mm -hmm. sit down. No, they're always saying there's room for you. Get going. We need more. We need more people adding more value. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually wanted to ask you, you know, the business that you're running now, was the, is that your first ever business that you've set up? It is. Other than I did pick dandelions in the backyard and sell them in the front yard. <laughs> and I did have a babysitting business where I, I always understood profits, not wages. And so I would prefer in high school and college to babysit over working for a company, even though I did that as well, I always liked working for myself more. 
I would clean houses to make money rather than work in a retail store when I was in college. So I, I always had the business mindset, but this is the first time that I actually went far enough into a business plan, a website, a product and yeah. develop something that <laughs> made me pay taxes on it. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't th- if babysitters were taxed, then as parents, oh. we'd, we'd all be screwed, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's actually quite fascinating because, um, I did babysitting and childminding for quite a few families when I was younger. Having grown up with two younger sisters, I don't know if that was the reason or what pre-qualified me, but yeah, I did childminding and um, I also washed cars um, along the street where I lived. Um, And you know when you get that money for yourself, Mm -hmm. that that was a good feeling. I earned this money. That's right. And, it, yeah. and you actually felt like you earned it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you did. You did. So listen, Suzanne, one of the kind of closing questions, not a question, but more of a, um, a feature of the show is to ask my guests to pick a boldest brand for the episode. And it has come around to that time. We're approaching the 50-minute mark, so we're looking to, to, to wind things up. Have you got a boldest brand that you would like to feature on the episode? I do. And now this is a big brand, but I want to tell you why. Because this was probably the person that got me thinking truly about the Carpenter 180 brand. And her name is Jamie O'Banion, and she owns a company called Beauty Bio. And I stumbled across her in Instagram years ago. And what I noticed, and I didn't even know it was a thing, but what I noticed is she'd talk about her products, she'd talk about her kids, she had pretty clothes, she'd show me her house, she'd show me where she traveled, and I just noticed I liked her. Like, I, I, I was like, gosh, I want to see what she's doing tomorrow. That was the first time I ever was curious about somebody else through social media and a brand that they had. Like she was pulling me in and I remember saying to my husband, you know, I have no interest in her skincare, but I bet you I'm going to buy some of this someday just because I like her so much. And lo and behold, I do buy her stuff now, you know, the years later. And anyway, this woman is leading a company with integrity and character and love and kindness and gentleness, but she's approachable and she's a girlfriend and she made business ownership to me something that I could aspire to, that I liked seeing myself following in those footpaths of being a leader to your team and serving your community. But it was always her joyful, loving nature that struck me. And I thought that that was just something that I identified myself with. And I liked seeing that side of it rather than the harsh, brassy cigar and liquor back room kind of talk stuff. She made it attractive to me. Well, I've just quickly Googled whilst um, you were breaking it down. I did get the spelling wrong, but I'm going to put a link into the show notes as I do with every um, bold brand that a a guest chooses. And um, I instantly see why you like the brand. It's it's very you. (laughs) 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 It's probably the best way for me to describe it. And 
listeners are only going to get that if they check out your website then go um, check out I'm actually on beautybio.com that's the site that I'm on so that's her beauty range right that's right and so if you go to Jamie O'Banion and it's O with an apostrophe B-A-N-I-O-N I'm googling I'm googling so she's got um, an Instagram page let's have a quick look but so she's got a personal brand that backs up the the business brand, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, and that makes sense because, and I can see why the brand would resonate with you because she's the face of the brand and for people like yourself to get an insight into day-to-day life, even though perhaps some of the Instagram shots I wouldn't necessarily class as typical day-to-day life but it's still an insight right that's right it's an insight like it's giving me an idea to attach to of what this thing could look and feel like yeah sometimes i mean she must walk a thin line though because she's a incredibly attractive and all her family are and like you when you're like that or you're blessed with that you 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 can be sometimes did that you just come across very fake and I don't know, I've not followed her, um, but she must walk a a fine line with that. She has a, from, and of course I don't know her at all, but what she comes across as in her messaging is her love for her family and the time she spends with them and what she does with them in the off hours when she's not working and little intangible things like her trying, she'll allude to, trying to catch a flight to get home in the middle of the night so she can wake her girls up or trying to get home before they go to bed. And then what they do together on the weekend that, you know, she's got this company she's incredibly proud of, but she also has this life. And again, you almost like the company more because the founder has these incredible values. Yeah. And actually on that point, it's, I don't know, I have a, I have no problem with, but I still can't decide how much of my personal life to open up. And it's different with different brands, but sometimes to let small amounts of personal info out there just softens the um, the visual or the brand around business full stop because brand i mean business sorry is it's it's transactional right but if you let people have a glimpse into your world they can see the person behind that business right right? and and uh and when so when i was working with the graphic designer we were talking about just that very thing about how much do you show and then what don't you show and the need to stay authentic to the brand meaning um i'll show and talk about smoking hot dates with my husband so they know that i have this ridiculous love affair with this man i'll show my children i'll talk about my doggy i'll definitely show little meals that i'm eating that line up with protein fat and fiber as a way of modeling just how we eat this way, which is reinforcing the product. Mm -hmm. Then I will show behind the scenes or here's some of the stuff that I'm working on and I'm letting them get a a peek behind the curtain, so to speak. You know, like this is what my desk looks like before a TV segment or, you know, I, I probably will go on today and talk about podcasting with you. And then 
there's just certain things I'll talk about. But then I also realized, even though I love making chocolate chip cookies with my kids, that may not be the best thing to put on social media because given what I do, that's a very conflicting message. And what I'm trying Mm -hmm. to do is help people become consistent in their weight loss. So I can eat cookies because I don't have weight to lose, but I don't want to send out that really confusing message. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, so, and that's yeah, and that's definitely your brand um, doing that. So you're, and I'll take my heart off again because you, you you're conforming to your brand. You're keeping your brand consistent and not having mixed messages, which you know is incredibly important. So you know, I I hundred percent get you on that one. Um, I'm not a big social media user, um, although yeah. I do know the power of it. Well, it's, and. I, I t- I'll tell you what, I don't enjoy it to tell you the truth. It's, it is something that, um, feels like a lot of work to me to do consistently and to do well until I can afford to hire it out. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I think that it's incredibly necessary because out of sight, out of mind, and we want to stay top of mind and be looking to add value, 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 you know, and create yeah. no like and trust. Absolutely. So I think that was a great brand to bring up on, on the boldest brand section. And I, um, like I said, I want to put notes to everything, including Suzanne's website and your three services is I've got SOS, which is Sue's on your shoulder. We've got the food piece university. Is that live? Is that active? It is active. However, the cart is closed right now. So I'm going to open it for a limited time so people can jump in and probably in the next month or so. Awesome. Well, there'll there'll be a link to your website. Can they get to the Food Peace University through your website? They absolutely can. They can get on the waiting list and then that way I can send out information when it does go live. Perfect. And is that the same for the babysit my plate stuff as well? That is. Yes, that's exactly right. And everybody can start with seven free days of SOS. And I have a coupon for your listeners that hear this. If they put Daniel in the coupon code, I'll send off four different types of grocery lists. And they're not like the big long ones that nobody uses. They're like the ones I actually use so that when somebody goes into a grocery store, you're not wasting time or money on foods that aren't going to lead you in the right direction toward the weight loss goals that you're looking for. So definitely start with the just seven free days just to see if it's a fit. There's so many resources there that can help people phenomenally. It's worth it just for that. Awesome. Well, that's incredibly kind of you. So we'll put the coupon um, in the show notes as well. And I'll say that I think the coupon's probably only going to be valid over in the States. So if anyone's a UK listener, um, I don't think that coupon's going to work over here. So this would be anyone who's listening in the US. Um, I would imagine that's probably, is it with particular stores, Suzanne, or how does that work? Well, you know what I do, they are with particular stores. However, Two of them are, well, one of them is an online company, so they'll they'll ship over to the UK. The other is just your basic grocery store. So you have basic grocery stores and it's, it's your list, like get Greek yogurt versus regular yogurt, get real practical stuff. Awesome. Well, I think that's really kind to share that. So yeah, if anybody has, if anything's resonated with anybody, you're going to be able to get access to Suzanne's content, to her uh, website, the courses, all the resources that uh, that she's put out there. Um, go check them out. And 
I know for a fact, having looked at them myself, um, they're incredibly powerful and you should be able to engage with them really easily because Suzanne spent so long uh, refining this as a brand, as an offer. And, you know, I would urge you to, to go check that all out. So what I'm going to say, Suzanne, is that I've really enjoyed having you on the show and I've had a great chat. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I have enjoyed this so much as well. It's kind of like fanned the flames and invigorated me to go finish up the rest of my workday. I've loved getting to talk with you about all these things today. Likewise, Suzanne, we've covered some superb topics. You've been an absolute pleasure to have on. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. So here we are, the end of another episode. If you want to read more about my own work or my business, or if you feel like applying to be a guest on the show, which I am looking for new guests, if you feel like anything on the show has resonated with you on any level, please get in touch. You can do all of this via my website, which is danielocock.com. You'll be able to listen to more episodes on there. You can see some of my designs, some of my illustration work as well. You'll also find all my social media channels. So I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and there is some stuff on Instagram. You'll be able to engage with me directly on there. The podcast itself is available to download via most of the major platforms out there. So think in Spotify, iTunes, things like that. If you like the show, then please don't forget to hit share and it would be great to read a review or two from yourselves. Um, just to tell me what you think about the show. I will read some of those out at the end of each episode and I'd like to give some special mentions and thanks to anyone who does take the time to write one. And on that note, I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode. And remember, if you're not proud of your brand, how do you expect anyone else to be? <laughs>